In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the owners group. senses and challenge your beliefs a world where science and religion clash or do they you will meet real people and hear real stories but you will not believe you will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds but you will not believe this is the new england ghost project welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Live on TojiNet. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing. And with me, my co-host, psychic investigator for the New England Ghost Project, the Queen of Pain, Maureen Wood. Hey, how you doing? Outstanding. So, where you been? <laughs> Had a good day, did you? Oh, yeah. Talk yeah. full of uh, entertainment. And surprises. And surprises. But anyway, that's but the I'm way here. cookie crumbles. I'm here. So. Hey, you well, know what I did, don't you? What? An hour interview with the Patriot Ledger. Really? Yeah. When did you do that? Today. Really? Yeah. yeah they did an interview. They're going to do a uh, a slideshow like they did with Boston.com. Oh, really? Yeah. They're going to actually two parts. So I get out of here. <laughs> I have my grand puppy sitting yeah, here. Yeah, your grand puppy. It's your grand <laughs> Chloe. Grand flea bag. She wants to talk on the air. Yeah. Take a hike. She's very vocal. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. So that'll, that'll be coming up, and uh, we'll put that up on the website uh, as soon as it does. Um, we also had, while we're waiting for our guest, uh, we had some interesting conversation on Tuesday with uh, some of the people in the chat room, uh, like Leslie. <laughs> yeah, we, she had a really cool kind of question, and basically that was. Um, anyways, the number here, by the way, is eight seven seven eight six four four eight six nine eight seven seven eight six four four eight six nine. Or join us live in the Toji Net chat room. Okay, here's the deal. Um, when a person's in a coma, yeah, where is their spirit? Oh my God! What happened to your hair? Oh, stop it! Oh, okay. Just ignore that guy. Yeah. All right, I do. Anyway, um, uh, I don't. Good question. I mean, I haven't been in a coma to know, so I can't say specifically. Well, you were when you were young. Well, yeah, you know who remembers all those days? Maybe that could be why my memories lapsed. Yeah. But I, you know, I you know what's interesting is I think there was a uh, hmm, I think there was a story actually that uh, it was kind of a fiction show, but it talked about that there was oh, someone that no, no, but it made you think because yeah. it had a person that was in a coma that you almost thought through this whole story that he was dead because they were actually astral projecting mm-hmm. to different areas when, in fact, it was a coma. So, I don't know. I, I would assume that who says that your body and your soul and everything has to be together? I mean, maybe you do some astral projecting. Well, that, see, that's the whole thing is maybe, uh, you know, I think Leslie was saying that maybe the spirit doesn't know what to do, whether it should go to the light because its body is trash or... 
hang, hang, hang around to to come back. So it's kind of in a quandary. So she thought that we should get this uh, psychic rescue squad to go around to the hospitals to talk to people in comers and hey, that's not a bad idea. Direct actually. them to the light or back in their body. We mean that's a good idea. No, it's not a bad idea. That's a, it's you, horrible. Do you know the, uh, the implications? Co- comic implications of that? Well, no, no. Think of it this way. It's no. not. No, no. You're whoa, not. Whoa, whoa, you're whoa. not directing them to the point of like making them. You still have free will. But say you have someone that is just, you know, is confused. Right? Maybe. But why are they in a coma? That's the whole thing. I'm looking at you and why you said that, by the way. Hey, um, why are they in a coma, right? If it's a brain injury, right? I mean, then, I mean, who knows? But if it's somewhere where, you know, your, your whole, your body is just kind of, you know, you're, you're in a comatose and it's going to be something you may come out of, you know, we have a greater chance of revival. How do you know that? That's what that I'm trying to tell you. don't know. You don't when know. When you're in a coma, you're in a coma. But I'm thinking free will. They say people can hear you in a coma. Well, that depends. Do you have a coma and your brain still alive? Or do you, are you in a coma they, and your brain dead? They can hear you in a coma. How can they hear you in a coma? It's been known that that's why I tell people to talk to their family. Do I get out of here? Their assumptions are is that, you know, they believe that you can, you know, you're still being heard. From well, how come when coma? people come out of comas, they don't remember anything that anybody said to them when they were in a coma? Is that every case? Yeah. Well, I doubt that. I, I the really brain can. shuts down. You're absolutely gonzo. Because they induce comas. Right, when, you have, when you have brain damage, they will induce a coma. Mm-hmm. Look, uh-huh. at, look at Sabrina. There's my... Yeah. Exactly. Thank you, Sabrina. What's that? If they have... You have... Well, you breathe... Not necessarily. Not in all cases. My daughter is... Not in all cases. Input. No, not in all cases. You breathe on your own. You may have autonomic functions, but does it mean you have... Uh, pardon me? You want you want a headset here to get into this conversation? <laughs> My daughter is uh, coming upstairs and, and getting ready to go out. First, next first we got the dog to harass her, and now we got the <laughs> hey, daughter to better harass not. <laughs> Let's throw the husband in here, and I'm all set. <laughs> hey. This is a family show, isn't it? Evidently. <laughs> hey, don't be picking on my show. So, anyways, I mean, that was kind of... Actually, it's a good question. I think it's a pretty awesome question, but... I, I I don't think it's as simple as that, that you just send these psychics to the hospital and say, okay, go to light or stay with oh, the body. No one says anything is simple. Who says anything is simple? I, I don't think it's, it's it's a thing that we really should be messing with. No, but, with but maybe someone who goes to these locations, now I've never really tried it. But what if somebody, if you the psychic talked them to go to the stupid light and then their body actually was recovered? Well, wait a minute. Why don't, not to go to the light, but what if you stood there well, and you could sense or could pick up something that maybe they're trying to communicate? Who knows? Maybe they're trying to contact you through so their I, subconscious I, mind. I, yeah. You don't know that. You know, maybe you they, know, you know, I'm just saying, I'm not telling you to tell them to go to the light. To me, that would be, that's not our deal. We shouldn't be doing that. No, I don't, no. I don't particularly think we should be doing that. Whatever. You know? Oh, don't start with your whatever thing, because I'll poke you right between those eyeglasses. Uh, you can't get glasses on. You can't. <laughs> Look at you with funny hair. Oh, don't even go. Stop there. it. That's because you know, ladies, right? You get your hair done. You go to the hairdresser. Do they ever do it the way that you like? No. No. They might cut your hair the way you like, but then you have to wash it on your own and dry it later, because nobody does it the same way you do it. Yeah, so right. Shut your mouth when I come back and get my hair done. And you give me a hard time. Did you have it like just done? Yeah, but I, I'm I'm. Going, you know, kind of in siesta mode in the next couple of months. So I want to make sure for the next at least six weeks I'll be good. 
Like, who the heck cares? You're going to be like... I care, because the holidays the are coming. Oh, my God, you're going to be like a vegetable. <gasps> for a while. I mean, Do not put ow. that curse on me and tell me that. No, I don't mean a... a well, watch your, vegetable, your words. But, watch your you know, words. I mean, you're you're like, talking about comas. You're saying to be a vegetable. Well, watch I mean, it. Not... Not yeah, yeah, come on. Brain activity. Yeah. I mean, physically. You better hope like not, because who's writing the book with you? Like then? a stack of potatoes, basically. <gasps> yeah, well, that stack of potatoes still has fingers to write, thank God. Yeah, thank God. I don't know if she has his brain. But <gasps> well, I'll be drugged anyway, so don't expect that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it could be the best writing I've ever done. You, may have a whole new you guys style really should it. go buy that book. Yes, I will hit him, Amanda. Thank you. Ow! Thank you. Get it for me. But anyway, you know. I I really don't know. I. What? What? So now you're just what? Nothing? No, I just. That's I, all you got? No, no, I'm just. <laughs> this coma thing is like really bothering me. First, when, when she brought it up, I thought it was like a really cool idea. But then uh, the, the more I thought, thought about it, I just thought of the comic uh, implications of it. It's just, it's yeah. just uh, too much to mess with, if you ask me. So. That's that's my thought, and, and I'm sticking to it. All right. Anyway. You know, everybody's got their own opinion. Yeah, but anyway. So, anyways, we're waiting for our guest, uh, who evidently uh, forgot about us. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd forget about me if I was. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we have to chat for a half hour, but anyways. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, also, um, we have, uh, I don't know if we've announced it, we announced it before, and I think uh, maybe everybody's heard it, but there might be some new people. We are writing a book. We are. Right. And uh, it will be out in September 2009. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right, it will be. So um, you really better start typing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we really better start typing. That would be you. I know. Because you don't let me type. There's a good reason we'd be here till 2010. Really? <laughs> You're a, um, how do they call that? Chicken penpecker? That didn't quite <laughs> Okay. You Let's are and you are an hour. You know that I had a pint tonight. of, yeah, I had a pint of blood taken out of me today, so I am not responsible for anything I said. I thought you said you had a pint. I could use a pint myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not necessarily blood. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ooh. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Yeah. They asked me if they wanted to sit up because I'd be a little lighthead. I told them what's different. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so I'm good. I'm yeah. Good. All, all this is finally It's finally coming to the light, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's good. And <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now on the, the serious side, since we touched on comas and nobody wants to talk about it, I guess. Um, coma. Comas would be the plural of coma. More of a coma. <laughs> Go ahead. Continue. Continue. I am in a weird mood. I what told is, you, it's a full moon tonight, taboo. I'll get out of here. Uh-huh. You couldn't tell on the way over? No. Anyways, we did get an email. Uh, well, we get tons of emails. There's another one on the sign thing. Everybody's yeah, I got one of those, yeah. Is that the one you're talking about? I don't know. Did you get one? I did. I responded. What was the name? don't remember. <laughs> <It's> Sorry. <surprise>. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, uh, I think I'm getting a uh, English lesson here. Uh-oh, Leslie. What did you say, Ron, about male and female psychics? Do not even say that men's psychics are better. No, I will have I did, to beat the living tar out of you. I did not say I thought that men's psychics were better. I said it's understood that men are better psychics than women. Um, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> Excuse me. Don't get your dandruff up. Dandruff? Yeah. 
Uh, oh, boy, you're in deep Basically, you know, it's pretty well proven that, that your best psychics are men of the male persuasion. That's bull crap. I'm sorry? That's, that's bull. That is complete bull. Who is the one? It's known. That's, I mean, it's established fact. It's not, no, it's no, not an established of course, fact. Of course. First of all, people don't even believe in psychics, so you're telling me that now it's an established fact that Wait you're saying... We mean people don't believe in psychics. Not everyone. Well, who said everyone? Well, who said it's just men? I'm telling don't you. Don't even what? dare tell me that it's just men Everybody with psychics. The difference, the difference between a, a man psychic and a female psychic is that a male psychic, of course, can use the... The analytical mind, unlike a, a woman. A woman. Oh, you're so full of crap. Who lets emotions get involved in, in their thing? The that, fact that wait a minute, Wallman. That, that seems hey. to be the problem. Hey, you know, I listen, mean, no, yes. Wallman. You know, you talk what, about what is the woman. Listen, you Wall, Wall, W A L L. The one who doesn't even want to deal with emotions. Excuse Let me. me tell you, by having emotions, you're able to communicate and have and be empathic with these spirits. So fight me. As uh, Leslie said, I think it's a glandular thing. Yeah, you're. Never mind. So, anyways, it it, it is it basically a man is much more analytical. His mind. Excuse me. Excuse me. Much more analytical. I, it's like just, just, just analytical. You're just trying to get me riled, Ron. No, no. Where to God? His mind, my, the mind does not get messed up with a lot of emotional crap. Really? Right. I mean, we don't care, you know, how what we look like or whatever. You know, get our hair done before we go to the hospital, for instance. <laughs> Listen, don't uh, even go there. So you know. We can we can divorce diverse ourselves from. You can't speak though, can you? No, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> You're just so intelligent and analytical. I think I have some female genes. Here. That's the problem. <laughs> what are you saying, you gay? <laughs> <laughs> Could happen. <laughs> Hanging around Gavin and oh. times, you know. <laughs> Could rub off. Anyway, oh, don't pick on Gavin. I didn't pick on Gavin. <laughs> I, I just uh, started hanging around. You know what's funny? Well, let's see. When? Gay guys are more feminine, but yet he makes a better psychic. Gay guys more feminine, so doesn't that mean that women would be more better psychics? If you're thinking, no, no. Yeah. See, the problem is. Oh well, tell me that. Okay. What the problem is? They do not have the reproductive glands what? of a woman. <laughs> so, therefore, their mind is. You but know, then they don't. The divorce of the womb. Are you kidding me? This is more like Ron, Ronism, right? <laughs> oh man. I wonder, I wonder if they can uh, download this later, you know? Hopefully they put that out there for a podcast, right? No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you put, 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 wait a minute. No, seriously, now put your emotional crap aside and look at this. It's hard when I want to beat the living tar out of you. See, there it is. I mean, this, Does that not make me you, a good psychic? You have if I can sense you're a jerk. You, you have just made no, I my, haven't. You have just made, no, I haven't. You have made my point. No, no. Saying that you cannot... Oh, I so analytical. Really? You, Analytically? You have, you have to get your emotions in. Your, your feminine hormones kick in. Do you realize what I do for a daytime job there, Mr. Kolick? Uh, why are you so emotional then right now? I'm not being emotional. What do I do for a job, Ron? Uh, you, are, you teach uh, um, people. I'm uh, a technical instructor. Right. What? I don't use. I'm not <laughs> analytical. Technical. I'm not analytical. I don't analyze data. Right. You, you can't. Divorce the emotions. Really? That's the problem. Because guess what I have to do to be able to teach the engineers really? to understand exactly what they're doing and working in the, in the customer site. So I choose to have my emotions when I need them. 
And right now, I am emotional because I'm going to rip your lungs out. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway. So I guess this was not a good subject. No. I, maybe not. Anyways, we, we have our, we <laughs> have our, our guest here, on the line. Phyllis, thank, God. thank God, Phyllis, you're here. So uh, let's bring Phyllis on. Hello, Phyllis, are you there? Hi, I'm here. Uh, you haven't heard any of this, have you? Uh, gosh, maybe I should have, huh? Oh, no, oh, I was going to say, it would make God. you run and scream, Phyllis. No, no, uh, we were just talking about <laughs> why uh, males are better psychics than females. <gasps> you know, I disagree. Thank you, Phyllis. I love you. And wait a minute. Excuse me. What persuasion are you? Oh, I'm sorry. Female. <gasps> you know what? Doesn't he want to... Should I hit him again? Oh, it's twice. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's talk to Phyllis. Uh, uh, let's ignore Ron Kolek right, for minute, now. Wait, wait, wait. And let's talk to our guest. It's about Phyllis tonight, Ron. We, we actually have some people that are tuning in just to listen to Phyllis. That's right. So zip it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Phyllis. So, hey, Phyllis. We are very proud to present the chief editor and cook and bottle washer for Fate Magazine. Cook and bottle washer. 60 years of existence, 700 issues, Phyllis Dalby. Yay, Phyllis. Hey, thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. I wish you'd have come in sooner because then Ron and I wouldn't be, like, killing each other right now. Well, okay. I'll, uh, you know, <laughs> it's okay. play mediator or something. Oh, that's good. It's been you tried. It. it never works. <laughs> Seriously. But but anyways, Phyllis, uh, you have owned, you, you are the owner of Fate as well, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. And uh, how long have you owned Fate magazine? But wait, I have owned, <clears throat> I bought Fate in 2001. I've actually been involved with Fate since Llewellyn. Uh, they were the second owners. They bought it in either 88 or 89. In 89, and I kind of jumped in and, and helped on it, so um, I got, uh, you know, trial by fire, learning how to work with the magazine. So why don't you kind of encapsulate what fate is? I mean, people have heard it, maybe somebody haven't, but could you, uh, you know, encapsulate it? Tell us oh, what sure. fate is. Oh, sure. It's interesting. A lot of people maybe have heard of fate or, or haven't or uh, mostly don't know that it's still around, but Fate Magazine was born in 1948, Back in the pulp era of the science fiction uh, uh, high, highlights, and uh, Ray Palmer had the idea for it. They worked for Amazing Stories, which is another wonderful pulp magazine. He and uh, Curtis Fuller kind of kind of dreamed it up, and uh, the, the premier issue was in uh, spring of 1948 with a Kenneth Arnold sighting when he saw those strange saucer-shaped. Uh, discs out in Washington when he was uh, a pilot flying out there. And and therein was kind of really the birth of the flying saucer era. Really? Yes. Yeah, that that was kind of uh, the, the the premier event that that really put it on the radar for people because he he was a pilot and a critic and a a skeptic and he took pictures of these things like what is this? I mean, it was like a real live encounter with seeing these these discs and they were kind of funny shaped. It was like some somebody had taken a bite out of them. They, they weren't exactly round. They were more like um, <clears throat> sickle shaped, oh. like, like, like a fat sickle. Do you know that Massachusetts had one of the first sightings of uh, uh, UFOs? No. Uh, now I'm, I, my facts are a little fuzzy here because I can't remember the dates and everything else, but it's actually... Written in one of the uh, the newspapers, there was a pig farmer who saw these lights in the sky, and 
uh, it was investigated, and it, it was back in uh, like 1700s before man could fly, or 1800s before man could fly. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and, and it couldn't have been a satellite. The government could not explain that one away, could they? Well, I don't know. Maybe we had satellites back then. Who knows? Ah. <laughs> But anyways, uh, so cool. you, you, that was your first thing was UFOs, but now you, you, you go into all things paranormal. Basically. Oh, yes. <clears throat> well, yes, I guess fate can kind of be described like the Reader's Digest of the Paranormal. We cover all aspects, UFOs, aliens, crop circles, angels, cryptozoology, life after death, ancient archaeology, alternative healing, life after death, ghost hauntings, I mean, in... Fate pretty much covers it, all of it. And it comes out each month, correct? No, actually, Fate now is bi-monthly. We, we've, we've switched to every other month. It was pretty tough on us uh, old critters here to get this done every month. So we, And besides that, it's more environmentally green. So we're, every other month, we added 32 pages to the edit well. So the folks almost get the same amount of reading material. It's just that it, it's every other month. So it's bi-monthly, okay. Yeah, because I thought bi-monthly was like two months. Yep, right. <laughs> I didn't do Every my math. Month, like, I didn't do yeah. my math that time. Well, you know, I have to say, Phyllis, I am truly amazed at the fact that Ron is even even talking about aliens. Excuse me? I, didn't, I wasn't talking about aliens. You didn't talk about a sighting? I talked about a sighting that, uh, in fact, Jeff Belange brought that up in his presentation on Wade, Massachusetts. That's all I know about it. Oh, okay. Because yeah. see, Phyllis, that, you know, whenever, like, Ron, like, shivers or runs, whenever you talk about aliens, like, he'll talk about the shivers dead. Shivers and runs? All right. Not runs. But just believe, baby. It's a joke. He's but probably anyway, been badly. abducted then. Maybe he should be. See, no, you yeah. never know until you experience You something. know what? No, no alien with salt would mess with me. You get a point there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I kind of... Yeah. I kind of sort of think that we we're, none of us are from this planet, that we're just living here. This is like a big, big schoolhouse where we're learning lessons in this lifetime. So anyway, that, I heard that story, and that's, uh, that's kind of a, an interesting, you know, I- interesting take on it, that none of us are, are from the earth where this is just a big schoolhouse. But, hey, even if you believe in religion, uh, you know, we were came from the Garden of Eden first, so we were put here, so we didn't come from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, there you hey, go. Hey. There you go. Yeah, that makes sense. See? So, but anyways, I mean, it, it's certainly interesting whether you believe in aliens or not, or uh, cryptozoology, Bigfoot, ghosts, or any of that stuff. <laughs> it, it's really interesting reading. And, and the cool thing oh, about yeah. your magazine, it's anybody can write for it, correct? Certainly. We, uh, we of course, don't accept every single article that we get, oh, right, but, right, but right. all of our articles are submitted by outside ordinary folks who have had a personal paranormal experience. Yes, and, and absolutely, Fate is kind of a grassroots magazine. It's, it's kind, of, kind of retro and common sense and earthy, and yeah, it's just uh, a practical look at the paranormal. Right. So yes, any, anyone can sub- submit a personal experience. Right, and my son actually did a letter to the editor where he got published, and he was like so psyched. He was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah!" I think you know that's cool. I mean, it's a good feeling, right, to see, uh, especially in, in a piece of material that you enjoy, you know, mm-hmm. that you like reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's like a highest compliment, you know, for yourself too, because you really feel good about it. 
Um, and I have to say, Phyllis, I think, was it a couple of years ago that you were kind enough to, to donate? Do we have some state magazines that we... She donated this year. With all this all year our too? events. Oh, well, Hello? I haven't been. Which one? The winners take fate on them. Oh, yes. I'm sorry, Phyllis. Oh, sorry, oh, Phyllis. I'm Stacy. But anyway, no, but I, I, I myself was like collecting them and reading them because I think they're actually is, really she good. She is reading. blonde, Phyllis. I'll zip it. Okay. But well, um, I well, wasn't, listen, any I of your listeners can, can uh, email us and ask for a free trial issue, and we'd be happy to send one out to them. Oh, wow. Hear that, kids? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. So, anyways, you have a website, too, which is uh, fatemag.com? Yep, yep, www.fatemag.com. If you just and Google Fate Magazine, it takes you to our website. And I think it's, it's, it's really great. And uh, the 700 issue came out with a little CD with it, which was kind of cute. Really? Yeah. 700th issue, that's, that's amazing. I think it's yeah. the oldest, longest-running paranormal magazine in the world now. I really, I think so. I mean, I had followed a few, and, and you know what? It's been so long since I've, I've been able to read some of them because they went out of print so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it seems like they, they'll come out and they really don't last. You know, they right, don't stick right. very long. The, the good thing about Fate is it has many genres, so it's really good. I mean, you have the UFOs. You have right. It's, it's a it's little bit of interest for everybody. Right. And even yeah. if you're not interested, there's always a good story about, uh, you know, something else that you, you can't help but not read it, you know. Right. It's really cool. And um, I think I, I told you this last time we were on the show, but I actually bought an ad in Fate magazine back in the 70s when I had this thing uh, called the Plant Talker, which was a uh, biofeedback device for plants. Oh, so wow. Yes. Yeah, so How'd that go for you? It went well. It went really well. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was yeah, we've had people advertising for like 40 years and, until they until they quit doing their business because they get results, and it's very, very inexpensive. That's cool. Are you familiar with Dan Carlson? Dan Carlson, I think sounds familiar, but well, I... He does things with... with um, um, Oh, like like these little bird sounds and tapes that you you put out there, and he has a special fertilizer that causes plants to grow faster and vegetables to produce more. It, it, it's not like a yep. biofeedback, but it's uh, it's to enhance uh, the growth and feedback from plants too. Right when my mine came out, uh, there was a book out I believe called "The Secret Life of Plants." Like, oh yes, I met those. I, I know that? those people. Or I I did when they were alive. That was a wonderful, wonderful book and. And how cool to respect and honor the, the plant life and, you know, just to acknowledge that they have a, a sentient consciousness, too. That's the funny thing. I mean, you know, you have so many people like the PETA people or, uh, you know, uh, well, anyways, just take them for, for example, that, you know, they're all over the animals and everything. But there is a, an energy force. I mean, pretty much mm-hmm. like they have in Star Wars of the force we live. There's a force that runs through every all living matter. Exactly. A carrot screams just as much as, as a cow does when you uh, take its life force, its life energy. But um, I know, I know vegetables have uh, a, a more delicate consciousness, but one nonetheless. Right. And we used to... Uh, I had a uh, educational products company, and we, we sold those to schools and so forth, and it was pretty cool, I mean, because, you know, we did, uh, you know, the uh, conventions and stuff. And mm-hmm. the, the fact that it was funny because the little leads on it were uh, like hair clips. Mm-hmm. Because they worked perfect. They didn't damage the leaf in the plant, but they conducted. And so you would put a plant on there, and the plant would, you actually heard it because it had an audio. Oh, my gosh. Left. You still have one of those uh, machines. Get out. 
Oh, I can't believe it. We have to take a break. Oh, darn. Can you hold on one second, please? And we'll be right back after the messages. You'll listen to Ghost Chronicles Live on Net with Ron Cole and Maureen Wood. And our special guest is Phyllis Dolby of Fate Magazine. And we'll be right back after this message. They flourish on a secluded farm 3,500 feet above sea level in Hinoteca, Nicaragua. These coffee beans grow in the shade of hardwood trees and banana plants, thriving in the rich organic soil. Shade-grown coffee grown at higher elevation has a better quality. There are two benefits, a slower growing cycle for the plants that allows time for the sugars in the bean to mature, and the natural composting from the nitrogen-producing canopy. And now you can order this international gourmet coffee online at NicaraguasBestCoffee.com. Order 12-ounce and 16-ounce bags or save with a discounted price by ordering in large quantities. Three different coffee beans available, Arabica, Marigold Gaipe, and Green Oro. Prepare to enjoy the richness and the soothing flavor of some of the best-tasting coffee in the world. Order online at NicaraguasBestCoffee.com and enjoy Central American flavor, aroma, and richness of Nicaragua's best coffee. Hi, this is Elizabeth Foley of Divine Healing, and join me for the Phoenix Hour. Tips and tools for personal and spiritual transformation on Tojinet every Wednesday from 4 to 5, beginning January 9. Listen live to the most outstanding names in metaphysics as well as some new emerging personalities in the spiritual community. Each Wednesday on Tojinet.com, there will be straight talk exploring various metaphysical theories, beliefs, healing modalities, and tools for personal and spiritual transformation. Join me as we explore not only angels, but everything else under the stars. Be the phoenix, forever changing and transforming, every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m., and see you then. We're back. We are back. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles on Tokenet. I am Ron Kolick. She is Maureen Wood. And joining us on the line is the late, great Phyllis Galdi. The late, great? Now, what the heck kind of introduction hey. is that? Yeah, uh, Phyllis, he's just in a mood was, tonight, I'm telling was, you. I'm, I'm still like, in the flesh here. No kidding. She was late for the show, so the whole oh. great. <laughs> You know, oh, okay. I've got to tell you, but he's got to explain himself. Do you know what I'm saying? I got to. I, yeah, I guess I deserve that. No, you don't, <laughs> Phyllis. Really, it, trust me. Anyway, she is nobody the, deserves that. I was playing the accordion. What can I say? <laughs> she is the editor and, and owner of Fate Magazine, which is a great paranormal magazine. Uh, you can go to their website at fatemag.com and check it out. It's kind of really cool. Now, you uh, are a spiritualist, I believe, correct? Well, I, I'm certainly interested in spiritualism. Uh, that's always been real close to my heart. Mm-hmm. And didn't you grow up in a haunted house? Yes, I did. I grew up in an old haunted farmhouse in North Dakota, and my earliest recollections were seeing something standing in the doorway of my bedroom, and it scared the crap out of me. I was about probably five years old, and, and I slept in this little bedroom right off the living room, and you know, I would get up and run out the door and jump in bed with Mom and Dad every night because I, I couldn't stand it. I thought that... that uh, being there was going to hurt me or kill me. It always stood in the doorway, though. And then when I was like 25, my mother told me that, oh, yeah, your grandfather died in that room. And like, oh, duh. watching over you. Yeah, if they would have told me, because I'm sure he was there like a guardian <laughs> angel or, or protection. And then we had yeah. some really cool seances in the old family farmhouse when we grew up and <clears throat> um, communicated with a lot of the old deceased, departed relatives. It was fun. And, and my parents were alive at that time, and they could... They, 
confirmed a lot of the information that we got that it was uh, corroborated. So it was it was uh, a very cool experience. That is very you know, cool. It started out to be really scary, and then <clears throat> came came to be real comfortable. Now, were your parents uh, spirituals at the time, or no, or no, no, just good old Norwegian Lutherans. In ah, fact, Norwegian. I, I, pardon? Norwegian, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, sure, you betcha. Um, <laughs> and I, I used I used to play uh, piano and organ at the little tiny church, a little uh, rural Lutheran church, and and it was it was very interesting because some of the Norwegians have good longevity, and they would live into their 80s and 90s. And and when one uh, person would would die, they'd have the funeral out there, and then I'd come to church to play piano the next Sunday, and that dead person would still be sitting in the pew, and it was just like kind of freaked me uh-huh. out. But but it's it's like uh, yeah, even if even if had they departed their earthly coil, they were still there at the church, uh, sitting there in their regular places. So that was really kind of cool to see. I, I did a double take a few times, but then it didn't bother me after that. Now that you know, that's so, very interesting. So she now. does yeah. use these spirits. Then. Mm-hmm. Yes, like the, like they're in the, the the flesh and blood. Once in a while, I see them really clear. In fact, my mom died in '93 and my dad died in '95. And kind of this couple years ago, a couple three years ago, I woke up in my bedroom and I, I looked over. Here was my mother and my grandmother and my aunt standing by the side of my bed, and and my mother said, "Oh, I just brought." Ma, that was her mother, and insist my aunt to show him your house. I said, okay. I rolled over and went back to sleep like no big deal. I mean, it's like, holy crap. Uh, uh, earlier in my life, that would, that would have scared the heck out of me. But it was just like, okay, yeah, just business as usual. They, they were you know, just here to yeah, check I out the house. Amazing. Yeah, just to che- check on you, check on the house. Yeah, and, yeah, just because I was kind of always a vagabond and the black sheep of the family. So I, I finally had a place to live and a a normal kind of secure environment. So, yeah, she was just showing, she's showing she's them. bragging about you. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. So I don't know if you ever <laughs> brag about me. And uh, after my dad died, he appeared to me several times, too, and talked to me. I mean, that is really nice. I mean, you know, a lot of people, you know, think about spirits and ghosts and stuff. They're always like, ooh, I want to scare or something. But, I mean, these are the, you know, the, the real spirits, are the you know, the messenger spirits, the... Uh, the loved ones that come in and check on you. I mean, those are the ones that are really touching. Uh, when I had uh, Brian Boyle on uh, the show on Ghost Chronicle International yesterday, um, you know, they always ask the question, what was your scariest moments and everything else? Well, I added a new one now. I, what is your most tenderest moments with the spirit? And there are. Yeah, the there are, definitely. Um, very good, Ron. After all this, you know, aggravating me all night, you say something nice, and then there again, you get me, catch me off guard. Because I am a guy, you know. You know, you're just, you're just evil. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt good anyway. So, <laughs> so Phyllis, when you first started to, uh, to communicate with spirits, well, you, you saw, I mean, but did you use different devices like a, a Ouija board or oh, yes. a table? Used, my family and I, we use the Ouija board a lot. Uh-huh. And some people are really freaked out by the Ouija board, and and uh, and I've had good experiences and bad experiences, but but mostly it's really good. And I really believe that my mother uh, came through on the Ouija board. In fact, um, a business associate and I went up to North Dakota, and uh, we visited my my nephew and his and his wife, and and we had a little Ouija board session. And it was interesting that this woman that went with me, her. Um, 
both of her brothers died in tragic accidents when they were like 18, 19 years old. One died in a car accident, one died in a motorcycle accident, both right after they graduated from high school. It was just oh, bizarre. It's like 18 years ago. And uh, I, I really didn't know many of the details, but, but she was there for our Ouija board session, and uh, and both of her brothers came through with information that wow. none of us knew. I mean, she was just sitting there, and, and my niece and I were had her hands on the Ouija board. I mean, she was crying, she was sobbing, but she said it changed her life because... She she yep. she never dreamt about her her brothers and she mourned them because they were beautiful young healthy guys and they died in the in the prime of life and it was just senseless but they they both communicated with very special messages for her and and yeah she was just crying crying tears were running down her eyes and she said it was it was just a really beautiful experience so I I think the Ouija board can be used for very good things if you have the right kind of communication right. and protection. Right, exactly. I mean, I mean, there are a lot of places, though, like, for instance, I noticed, like, the U.S. is almost having those uh, things there, but you can't use Ouija boards. Really? Or things they won't let you use. Well, you know, it's, it's got like a bad rap, and that's really just from... A bad rap. It but bad it's kind of like going into a bar. I mean, you, you can attract really scary, right. bad people, or you you can find really nice people to talk to, and I, I just think whatever... Water seeks its own level. If you're you're in, exactly. in a bad head place, then then you attract astral spirits on that uh, that plane. But uh, I mean, it, and my mother came through, and, and she was just like in real life, scolding and do this and do that. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, nothing nothing uh, like cosmic uh, revelation. It was just business as usual. And uh, that's funny. Yeah, which cool. You know what? And you're right. It it you know. It's a tool like anything else. The Ouija board is a tool. And granted, oh, stop it with your tools. Um, But when I, you know, when we do readings, you know, and that's really what I do readings for. If someone comes through and someone wants to try to communicate and seeing how, you know, it helps put put somebody at peace, rather. And, you know, maybe it does change or maybe it doesn't, but it gives them something to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And many times they do, you know, they do get touched because if information comes through that no one's aware of, that's the verification they need. Right, know that they're not alone and their loved one is not, you know, gone forever. Right, right. And these, uh, these brothers said to this this woman, she said, we're with you in the car. When you're driving in the car, that's when you can talk to us. And and she was like, because she does a lot of traveling. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I, I didn't know that, but it, it was just neat that she, because you're kind of quiet in a meditative state when you're driving down the highway, boring if you're not in city traffic. So it... it they said that that was a time when they would be there with her, talking to her. Now oh, that's interesting. Now, have you? You said that was 18 years ago that her brothers died. Yes, that her brothers died. And how long ago was it that you had done the the Ouija board? Yeah, three weeks ago. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, have you talked to her since then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, she 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 told me that it it really changed oh, okay. it changed her life. It just gave her a whole. Um, she said she was at peace with herself, and she hadn't been. She's been. Morning, morning. Her brothers and it, it, like, like it just wasn't right. It wasn't real. But, but the, the the brothers in spirit said things about the farm where they grew up and they lived and their nicknames and just wow, the stuff amazing. that that my niece and I had no no clue about. But yeah, she said it gave her a lot of peace. Oh, that's very cool. I mean, and, and you know, we we talk a lot. We do. People are terrified of the Ouija board, but I will say you're right. I mean, it's intention too. Mm-hmm. So it's where you're at, what your you know your plans are. Also, not protecting yourself. Um, you know, there's many 
different aspects that people need to think about when they do it. They you certainly know. should be careful. With they it. should be careful, with right? Oh yes, yes, that's right. My granddaughter uses the Ouija board. She just just loves it. I but I'm, I'm sure she has a lot of white light around her, and I, I know my my mother is around, kind of protecting us still. And we had some wonderful seances too on the farm um, after I grew up and came back there, and we had some really interesting communications from my grandparents. In fact, my grandfather, who died in the 30s, he came and he put his hands on top of our hands because we all had our, our, our mm. fingers, thumbs, the fingers, uh, uh, you know, touching the next person sitting around this wooden table. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather, in spirit, came and put his hands, his rough, um, uh, kind of, you know, tough farmer hands with calluses that on the top of my daughter's and I hands. I mean, we just started crying. It was really... A, a very touching, moving experience. I mean, we actually felt it just like, you know, a physical person putting putting his hands on somebody. Right. Now, I mean, we are uh, going to do, uh, after the first year, after you recover the Maureen, uh we will be doing a, uh, a seminar on spirit communication. Various awesome. Methods, all through the, the, the uh, centuries, basically. I was going to say the years, but really the centuries. Right. Uh, you know, things like scrying, the Ouija mm-hmm. board, dowsing, all the way up to, like, you know, the shack attack thing, you know, whatever that is. That, that shack like, attack. Yeah, whatever. And uh, any of that stuff. So it, it'll it'll go, they'll carry the whole range. It'll be interesting. We did it before, and, and it's pretty amazing because uh, I kind of, kind of divorced myself from uh, the spirit world when I do this, believe it or not. Uh, Why? Personal-wise, personally-wise. And uh, I remember uh, Maureen was doing automatic writing, and uh, everybody in the class had stopped writing except for her, and I put my hand on her shoulder, and all of a sudden she, like, shook, and then her writing changed. And as it turns out, she, after it was all over, she turned to me, she says, uh, did your father die at a heart attack? I said, yeah. He said, he was here. And I looked at the paper, and it says, miss you, Ron. So it, oh, it kind of... Wow. It, it touched me personally. Uh, yep. I, I, I don't let it do that, but it did. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's really uh, an interesting thing. I mean, on so many levels, it's just amazing. So I'm getting choked up now. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I mean, those experiences do change one's life. It changes how you. I mean, we're, we're not just three dimensional beings. There's more to to life, and then and the next world. Okay, Phyllis. Now you you are have been dealing with spirits all your life. So I want to ask you this question. This is the one we started the show off with, and it's it's a very interesting uh, question. Basically, while you're in a coma, where does your spirit go? Is it with your body? Is it like astral projecting? And then, what could you use a psychic to actually tell the spirit either to move on to the light, or because their body is going to be no good, or to um, you know, wait and, and the body will be healed. What What is your thoughts on that? Oh, I, I think definitely that when you're in a coma, your spirit, your higher self can be contacted. <clears throat> I think every night when we sleep, our astral body goes to wherever our, our home is, the higher vibration. And, and it, it's kind of like if you don't sleep, it, it's not just a physical healing that happens, but it, it's it's like, you can't breathe anymore. It's like your soul can't breathe because the soul is really confined in this terrible physical body and this this low low grade uh, low vibration. So, you, so I, I I think when we sleep, our our souls kind of 
go out to, for sustenance and, and soul food. And I think when you're in a coma, your soul, your soul goes out to get fed. Now, I, I think your higher self decides if you're going to live or if you're going to die, if you're going to get a coma, if you're going to come back, or if you've got some bad karma to pay, if you're, you need to, maybe some people need to stay in a coma and, and just be paralyzed even though they're aware of everything. It could be a payback thing. It could be mm-hmm. a lesson in patience. But I, I really think our, our higher self is like the, hmm, you know, the, the chief banana that runs the show here in this body that we have like many, several different layers in our body. Our, our physical, our astral, our mental, our causal, our spiritual. There's, there's like whole different layers of vibrations that we have. But the higher self is the boss. Okay. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Live on Tojinet. I am Ron Kolich. She is Maureen Woods, and our special guest is the owner of Fate Magazine, Phyllis Daldi. And Phyllis, uh, where does the, you know where are you, is Fate going? Uh, is the question is you know what what do you envision the future for Fate? I think that <clears throat> no, that's that's a big question, Ron. Thank you very I much. Know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I want you. I want you to earn your money here. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All of nothing. Well, <laughs> I I guess fate is really not my magazine. Fate is the readers' magazine, and they kind of, kind of the universe or the spirits or whatever tell us what we're supposed to write about and what we're supposed to address. Like like one month we'll we'll get like three four articles or questions on a topic, and that uh oh I guess we're supposed to write about this. We're supposed to address this. And and it's just uncanny because articles on a certain topic will come in, just just uh, email or or uh, written articles and, and yeah, it's just just like the I, I believe that fate has a an, a personality or a, a guardian angel of its own, and I feel like I'm a steward of the magazine. So we just try to be intuitive and pay attention to what uh, what we're supposed to be putting out to the universe. So I, I guess I, I can't say hard and fast what what expanded consciousness, uh, freedom, because I think the more that people understand about uh, other dimensions and life after death and, and, and different vibrations and the, the aliens, the good aliens, the bad aliens, and the um, guardian angels and spirits and all that, it just makes people stronger and healthier psychologically and spiritually. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess whatever we can do to help people have their own strength and their own identity, that's, that's important and that's what we should do. Now, I think that's, you know, I think that's fantastic and I have to say that that's probably one of the reasons why fate has been around as long as it has, you know, because, you know, you're still, you're keeping this, you know, the belief and you're actually using fate, you know, you're, you're saying that not just, it's not just the name of the magazine. Was that a punter? No, seriously. Oh. I'm saying it's not just a name, right? It's not just mm-hmm. a namesake, and then you know you have all these plans behind the scene as far as making changes. It actually dictates, you know, depending on what's going on with people and their spirituality, what it's going to evolve to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really cool, and you know, and you're a very spiritual person in that too. I mean, it must be to me, you know, I hear that you really love it. You know, you can oh yeah, it's, a, it's a labor of love. Yeah, so I think that's that alone is just you know worth everything. So you don't like consult the cards before you put an article in it. Pardon? You don't like <laughs> consult the cards before you put an article in, right? Yeah. No. Well, there's there's three of us that vet all the articles that come in, and we reject probably 
three-fourths of what we get. There's just not room enough in the magazine for everything. Oh, wow. But but we see the trends and we we see the directions of uh, of the types of articles. So it's just we we just try to keep it really clean. Now, when a, when an article gets rejected, is is that it for the article? Will it never have a chance to go again, or, or well, sometimes we'll we'll ask for. Uh, an, uh, an author or a writer or a subscriber, like, hey, if you can do this and this and this, sometimes we'll we'll, we'll give them a second chance to to change it or fix it. Certainly. Okay, that, that's interesting. And, mean, and, and, and 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 we have uh, authors that write a lot for us, and we might not accept all their articles. Maybe two or three out of ten that like, no, sorry, but that doesn't mean that they can't write for us again and submit again. We, we the door is always open. Oh, very cool. And you know, the coolest thing is, is you'll take a uh, submission in any form of media, correct? And then I would? You'll take a selection on, on any form of media, whether it's uh, lined paper or... Oh, or yeah, media. yeah. It could be, yeah. could be yellow legal paper, handwritten. A lot of our older folks, they're, they're, just, they're just so precious, but they've had a really spiritual, personal experience, and yeah, it doesn't matter. It takes us a few minutes to keyboard it. Oh, well. But no, it doesn't matter if it's... Uh, Single spaced, double spaced, handwritten. Yeah, we're 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 there. And and how would someone submit an article to Fate Magazine if if one of our listeners wanted to? Well, the best thing is to send us a query, like, "Hey, I have this idea," and then they can email fate at fatemag.com, f-a-t-e at fate f-a-t-e mag m-a-g dot com, or they can write to us <clears throat> if they can uh, uh, write write about uh, their ideas and send it to our PO box and. Four six zero Lakeville, Minnesota. L a k e v i l l e, Minnesota five five zero four four. And that's on your website, which is uh, mm-hmm. yep, yep. Mag. All all our information, our phone number. We have an eight hundred number too. You guys are the best. <laughs> yeah, that's that's amazing. And I have to ask you, Phyllis. You know, um, so do you yourself? Do you have? So you said there's three of you, right? So you get an well, opportunity there's three to read editors, all the Yes, and we have an advertising person and a customer service person. Okay, what was one of? I mean, I know there's many stories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but to you, was there one of? You know, one that you can think of that maybe really, really resonated? Yeah. Gosh. I'm sure we get really. I know that, and that's a tough question Let's because see, I'm seven hundred sure uh, stories. Right, but I mean, there's got to be a couple issue. that, like you said, <laughs> that there's there's different. I mean, I'm sure that there's some that you read and it gives you a new a new perspective or it changes your life somehow a little bit. Just makes you look at life a little differently, um, or even one that just you know you really cared about for some reason. Well, there there, there was uh, there's actually two. I don't know. Um, that's have fine. you ever been to Baraboo, Wisconsin? No. Well, uh, Wisconsin's a weird state. We were there at Burlington, Wisconsin, for a, a vortex conference about haunted things and ghost woods and fairies and strange beasts. I mean, there's just a lot of cool things that go on in Wisconsin. But um, Circus World Museum, the Barnum and Bailey and, and the big circuses would always uh, winter in in Baraboo, Wisconsin, in the old days. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, they were they were there for a while, and then they they, they were in Florida, but there was this one house that was hideously haunted. There would be bangings and crashings and windows would smash. And it was just like really bizarre. Um, it, it was like a giant monster would, would rattle the, the doors and, and the barn and, and knock down wood and crash in walls. 
And it went on, on and on and on for the longest time. And I think finally the house got, what, totally demolished, wrecked. This happened, I think, back in the 30s. And what it finally figured out, that the person who had lived there at one time was an animal trainer for the elephants. And he was mean, mean, mean. He was cruel. And it was ghost elephants that were destroying the house. They were still ghost elephants. Oh my yeah, goodness! They were still angry because that man was so mean to them uh, when, when they were in the circus, so, so that they were they were getting their revenge by attacking the house. It was it was oh just God. like bizarre to think about that the animals. Well, of course, elephants elephants never forget, right? <laughs> well, all women, exactly. all women, you're all right. Women. So you better watch what you say, Ronald. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but oh, anyway. now, what was the other one then? Well, the other one was this, um, see, we reprint a story from 50 years ago, every issue of Fate, and and those old stories are just classics. They're so cool because they're written so well. It's a whole different style. People had time to write, and they had time to tell a story. So so those old stories are just so charmingly told and so fun. Well, this other one, this this guy was kind of a shyster gangster. Um, He made a lot of money, and and he did it... uh, at um, at expense of a lot of other people. Again, this was you know 50 years ago during during the depression, but he was very superstitious. He had this uh, uh, clear glass little statue of this like glass chicken or buzzard, whatever it was, some mm-hmm. some kind of foul thing, and he was very very superstitious about this. But he he would shoot people. He, he was kind of like like a mafia type guy, and and uh, like I said. Uh, had all kinds of nefarious business in that, but he was real superstitious about this glass buzzard. And um, as the story goes, and one, one day the cleaning lady breaks the glass buzzard. Well, poof, of course, his, his life has ended in a very short time. Now, was it his belief that caused that, or did mm-hmm. that, that glass statue have some magical powers in it? But it, all the terrible things and people he shot and people he cheated and and he, he did, did a lot of really bad things to achieve uh, uh, great financial success, but he was obsessed about this little glass, glass buzzard, wow. this little tiny statue. And yep, when, when it smashed and his life was, was, wow. was done. Now, see, that's interesting because, you know, there's a lot, like a lot of people say, well, a curse is real. Well, now we, we do hear a lot of different items that cause certain problems and manifestations take place and things happen. But I also believe a lot of it is, you know, there are some occasions when it is the person, like you said, with his belief about it so strong that he, you know, started manifesting things on his own, or who knows, it might have been something with the, the artifact. Yeah, yeah, it, it could have had some protective benevolent benevolent powers, but yeah, who knows. Anyway, those those were just a couple of them that stayed with me. That's, that's those are really cool. Those are some of the, mag- the stories in Fate Magazine. Yeah. Now, did you say you were in South Dakota? North Dakota was where I grew up. Obama. Why? Well, I have this place that's in, what's the name of that town? Oh, God, I would always forget it. It's supposed to be Hell's Gate. It's in, uh, it's in South Dakota, I think. Oh, God. Whatever. Hell's Town? No, it's not Hell's Town. <laughs> it's, it's a, I don't know. I can never remember that, but when can I remember anything? So anyways, uh, let's skip over that one then. <laughs> yeah. All right, I have, uh, we were talking a little bit about, uh, the uh, combers and so forth. Uh, I had something really interesting happen to me prior, and uh, the Washell effect. I uh, had just had surgery. You know that, Maureen, right? Yes, I do. Right. Well, when I came out of uh, heart surgery, um, 
I swore that I was in an atrium with plants and birds. I heard the birds, and it was, like, very, very bright and everything else. Yep. But my wife told me that I was in the hospital bed. Now, see, that's, you know, it's those experiences, though, that, you know, you kind of wonder. Because, yeah, you thought it was this whole time, and now you just find out it's not. Yeah, I thought it was 100% real. Yeah, it probably was on, on some, other, it was. some other part of you, was there? Exactly. You probably went to, your soul went to some healing place. Yep, and it's very possible. I think so, anyway. Oh, Ron said about Hell's Gate, just before we end up over here. I, I looked up Hell's Gate online, and it's Hell's Gate State Park. No. Isn't it? No. Um, I tried to tell South you South Dakota. No. Really? No. You said Hell's Gate. Yeah, it's Sturbridge or Surge, something like that. Whatever. It doesn't no. matter. Sturgis? I tried. What is it? Sturgis? That's where they I don't think, no, I don't think it's Sturgis. It's, it's, it's a dirt water town. Um, Washburn? No. I will forget Hell's Gate. <laughs> I never you. like, I know, but I never like leaving so, things undone. That's so, fucking crazy. So you thinking that, that I was somewhere else, actually? My, oh, my definitely. Mind. Oh, yes. I, I mean, with a serious surgery like that, <clears throat> your, your soul probably got the heck out of your body because I think it's real uncomfortable for the soul because it, it vibrates at a much higher level. And I think mm-hmm. it's a struggle to stay in the physical body, especially if there's pain and illness mm-hmm. and disease. It's just like, let me out of here. So when you sleep, then shoot, it it, yeah, it rises possible. up out of you. So it's. I saw before my dad died, he had a, a massive stroke, and then he was in the hospital uh, or nursing home for about a year afterwards. But it was getting near the end. He was really skinny, but and I, I was in it, visiting him at the nursing home here at the Masonic Home in Bloomington, Minnesota, which is a fabulous place. You got to be bad, sick, and old. Anyway, um, he was there, and he. I saw his soul leave his body. It started rising up like this white cloud, and I just freaked out. I just started crying and crying, and I, I couldn't oh. deal with it. And then shoo, it came back in his body, and I, uh-huh. I, I think it, it stayed because the, because he knew I wasn't ready to let him go. Oh, that's bad, actually. Well, you never know. You know, I mean, it, I mean, it was a few. You know, he hung around for I don't know a couple, three more weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. But but yeah, he he knew and on, on some because we were pretty close, my dad and I, and 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 uh, yeah, his his soul came back in his body. It was like uh, trying to trying to you know just kind of like like kind of a white cloud thing. It, it it just raised up above him about three four feet, and you know I knew oh my God he's dying. I can't deal with it. And then shoom, it came right back down in his body after a few minutes. Oh my goodness! And you know what? I mean. So, and you know, it was a couple of weeks, but it was something that time that, you know, and then you seeing that gave you the extra time that you spent with him, too. Exactly. You know? Yep. I, I had time to come to grips with it. Right. Uh, it's tough growing up uh, psychic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is. is. I mean, it's, it's a gift and a curse, kind of. You know, there, it depends on the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how you look at it. Exactly. Oh, well, ignorance well. is bliss sometimes. Exactly. Well, Phyllis, you're not going to believe it, but we've run out of time. Oh, man. You were enjoyable as usual to speak with, and I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us tonight. Thank you so much, Thank Phyllis. you. Thank you for having me on. And once again, it's uh, baitmag.com. Visit it. It's great stuff. Thanks, Phyllis. Thank you so much. Have a Thank good you. night. You too. Bye-bye. Yes, we're, Bye-bye. We're just about done then, huh? Well, we're getting down there, kid. Hearing the music. Yeah. So we got to say goodnight. Not yet. Surrendering it. Not yet. All right.
From goalies to ghosties, and things that go bump in the night. It's not a war when she's away. 